Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We're going to get ready to jump straight in today. How many guys have ever been in that place where you knew that you were kind of on the right track or, or maybe even you had, you felt close to God. But it, even though you felt close to God, you kind of felt like you were just wandering through life. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever knew you were built for something great but been asking God the question like, there's got to be more to life than this. Anybody? Just four of us. The rest of y'all got it together. That's what I'm talking about. I said, how many guys know sometimes you can feel lost? Matter of fact, things can even be great and you feel lost. Like maybe your relationships are going well. Maybe you just got that promotion. Maybe uh, you, you just finished up with your degree. Maybe you just got married. And, and despite all the things feeling like, like things are going well, but I still feel kind of like something's missing. And what we know based on the Bible and based on what God shows us in his word is that he wants to take every person on a journey. He, he wants to not just introduce you to himself through Jesus. He doesn't just want you to get saved, but there's actually a journey he wants you to go on. He actually wants to take you on some steps. And, and what happens is sometimes we lose track of all the things that God wants for us. And matter of fact, Proverbs 29, 18 puts it probably better than you could put it any other way. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Anybody ever stumbled all over yourself? Just didn't know you knew something was more should be happening, but you couldn't figure out what it was. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. What I have found and what God's word says is true is that when we try to make things happen for ourselves on our own, we actually end up making things worse for ourselves. Anybody, have you ever been in a conversation with someone that did you wrong? Anybody ever been dirt, done dirty before? Just friend cross you, whatever. And they say, well, that's just not the real me. It's like, listen, I'm pretty sure I saw the real you and that was it. But have you ever heard this line before? Well, I just don't, I want you to know my heart. Anybody ever heard that before? I just want you to know my heart. But the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked, which means that if we're left to our own devices, if we're left to ourselves, we could usually mess things up worse than we can help get them together. But when we step into God's plan for our life, that he genuinely and literally releases purpose and blessing into our life. And I don't know about you guys, but that's right where I want to be. Heaven promised, yes, but purpose for today. And so D.L. Moody has a quote. He says that our greatest fear should not be failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. How many of us are pursuing things in our life that God is saying, man, that's not what I have for you. That's not the purpose. That, man, or even if it is, sometimes we start to put what God has given us over how important God is to us. And what happens is inevitably we end up frustrated and feeling alone because we've put the gifts that God has given us over the giver of the gifts. And we talked about that 
two weeks ago. You see, here's what I want you to understand about your life for a second. Because I believe that most people at least once, even if you don't know God, you want to live a pretty good life, perhaps in action or even your relationship to God. And so in that, we try to do good things. Anybody ever just tried to do something good before? Maybe you saw someone on the street corner, you give them $5. You've done something good before. You've helped someone. I see someone that needs help. You help them out. You see, God isn't going to judge you on what you've done with your life. God is going to hold you accountable for what he asked you to do with your life. And I believe when all of us stand before God, we could probably have a decent list of all the things we've done well. We could probably have a decent list of all the things that we've like, man, I, God, I, I did this and I did this and I did these things and I really stepped and I tried to help this person, all these things. And God's saying, that's awesome, but I asked you to do all these things over here and you didn't do any of them. You see, he doesn't hold us accountable for what we've done. He holds us accountable for what he asked us to do. And so my invitation to you today as we get ready to jump into some of the things we're going to talk about is to hear me and understand as we're going to walk through this plan. I want to turn to your neighbor and say, a plan? God has a plan for you. He wants to take you on that journey. Here at TC, it breaks down to, in the simplest of terms, at Transformation Church, we want to see lost people saved. If you are far from God, we want to see you close to God. If you don't know him, we want you to know him. If you don't know the joy and the peace that comes from knowing Jesus, we want you to know Jesus today because there's no greater joy, there's no greater fulfillment, there's no greater life you could ever possibly live than knowing that Jesus has rescued you from every bit of sin in your life and brought you close to a God that loves you. We want to see lost people saved, saved people pastored, That'll make more sense in a little bit. Pastored people trained and trained people mobilized. You ever heard the phrase that the church was the hope of the world? There's a lot of churches, not a lot of hope. What I believe is the church mobilized on mission is the hope of the world. And today we wanna to talk about vision. We wanna talk about our mission. As we get ready to do this, and as we even get ready to step into this idea of knowing God, we wanted to take this very first part of the series that we're walking into. The series is called The Heart of the House. And we wanna, over the next eight weeks, we're gonna talk about who we are as a church, what we believe in, why it matters. We even have a code, and our code defines some of the things that we value, and we'll get into those in the weeks to come. But one of them is that celebration is not optional. We celebrate every story and every person because every single one of them matter. Today, you matter. Right where you sit, hear me for a second. You're not some faceless, nameless person in a crowd today. You matter. God cares about you and so do we. And we care about where he's gonna take you. In the book of Exodus chapter six, verses six and seven, we see a story in the Old Testament before Jesus died on the cross. The Israelites were God's chosen people. And so God had chose them. And, and so he carried them. He cared for them. He, he nurtured them. They, they were his. And after a series of events, they ended up stepping into slavery. So they were in slavery to the Egyptians. And as they were in slavery, God got ready to bring them out. And as he brought them out of this slavery, 
they now think back to that and remember it. And as a matter of fact, every time they have a communion, every time they have a Passover, they, they actually celebrate what God did in the book of Exodus where that he brought their people, their lineage, their heritage out of slavery and brought them into freedom. And we're gonna read that real quick, Exodus 6, 6 and 7, because I wanna point out a couple things to you as we talk about this journey and this purpose that God has for us. It's in your notes and it'll be on the screen. Therefore, say to the Israelites that I am the Lord and I will bring you out. Say bring you out. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. That means I'm gonna bring you out from under that penalty, out of, out of that overarch, out of being under them. I'm gonna bring you out. And then I wanna free you from being slaves to them. Say free you. Then I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. Say redeem. And with mighty acts of judgment. And when I used to read that scripture, I used to get nervous because it was like, man, God's going to bring me out with acts of judgment. But you know what that means? It doesn't mean that he's going to bring you out with judgment on you. It means that God's going to bring you out and put judgment on all of those that were holding you captive. Every single thing that has been trying to come at you and come against you and pull you down, God is going to hold judgment against every single person, place, and thing that's been trying to hold you captive lately. Then he goes on and says, I will take you as my own people, say God's people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. That was a promise that God made to the Israelites. But when we look at it, we actually see through the Old and the New Testament, and we're going to look at it in a second, how that's actually a promise that God wanted the whole time for all of his people. He wanted to bring you out from under the yoke. He wanted to bring you out from the heaviness and the bondage of the sin and the eternal hell that awaits all of us. He wanted to bring us out from under that yoke and introduce us to freedom. The freedom that comes through the grace and mercy of Jesus. But then he wants to bring you into a place of freedom from the slavery. And what What's interesting is people go, well, if I had freedom from the yoke of the Egyptians, why do I need to be free from slavery? Because you can be free from the penalty of your sin, but not free from the sin itself. In other words, you can still have the mentality of slavery even when you're not in it. You can have the mentality of bondage. You can have the mentality that this sin still owns you even if it doesn't. And God said, I don't wanna just free you from the penalty of your sin, I wanna free you from everything in your life that's been holding you back. And then he says, I wanna redeem you, which means he wants to put back in you the purpose that you started with. You see, when the Bible says he knew you when you were formed in the womb of your mother, that means that inside of you, he placed purpose, destiny, and fulfillment. And somewhere along the journey, we've messed up. Can I get an amen on that? Where am I messed it up people at? Okay, good. The rest of y'all just messed up because you lied right there, all right? So, but we, we've all messed up. And in our mind, the enemy likes to make us think that because we've messed up, we've ruined the plan, but we haven't ruined the plan. We just got off track, but God it wants to redeem you back to the very purpose that he created in your life. So he wants to bring and redeem you. He wants to do that with an outstretched arm, and then he wants to make us as his own people. 
And so it actually walks us through four things, those four things that happen in the scripture. The first one is that he wants you to experience sanctification. And before they put that on the screen, I want you to, when I went to Israel a couple of years ago, I was there and as I was getting ready to take communion and they, they laid out four cups, four of them. I said, whoa, that's not how we do it in America. <laughs> and they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys actually kind of got it wrong. When you take communion, you drink out of one cup, but actually uh, what is supposed to happen is in communion, there's four different cups. And I said, listen, dog, I've taken a lot of communion. I ain't never seen four cups before. And he says, no, 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 listen. He says, we go back to Exodus 6 and we read that every time. And we drink from the cup at every I will. So we say, God, thank you for freeing us from the yoke of the Egyptians. And they free through the cup. And they take the next cup. Thank you for freeing us from being in bondage that drink the cup. Thank you for redeeming us that drink the cup. And thank you for fulfilling us. Thank you for reaching out and making us your people. They drink the cup. They, they drink all four cups. And so there's the four cups. I'll give them to you real quick. The first one is the cup of sanctification where God genuinely wants to set you apart. Hear me today. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, God wants to set you apart for the greatest possible purpose and fulfillment your life has ever had. And he can do it and he wants to do it. Then there's the cup of deliverance. And that word always freaks me out because all I can think of is like, y'all know I'm talking like, so, but it's the, the cup of deliverance where he wants to deliver us from the bondages of our life. Then there's the cup of redemption. So they're drinking from these cups of wine in Israel. He wants to redeem us. And then there's the cup of praise. The cup of praise. And that comes from the word Hallel, which is where we get hallelujah from in the church. If you've ever heard that term before, the cup of praise. And how many of you know after four cups of wine, you got some praise in you? Hey, anyway, so but all that to say is the word Hallel actually isn't talking about an action. It's a state of your heart. It's actually, it's a state of being of almost like consciousness, this fulfillment that's in you, that when you belong to God, you've been freed to live with God. You've been redeemed back to the purpose of God. And now you're fulfilled by everything that God wants to put inside of you. That it's not just a mental thing. It's not just an emotion thing. That there's something that carries me different. And if you've ever met someone that genuinely walks out these steps with God, it's like there's something different about them. It's like they, they don't get shaken by the storms of life like other people do. It's like you could go to them and say, how come you've got peace when everyone else seems to not have any peace? How come you've got joy when it seems like other people don't have joy? How come you seem to have it together? How come no matter what life throws at you, you seem to carry yourself better and differently? And I'm here to tell you today, it's because when God comes in the scene and you start to connect to everything that God wants to make you, you don't have to worry about what life throws at you because God is carrying you every step of the way. And so, God wants you to experience all of these things. And today we're actually gonna kick off this series by taking communion. Our ushers are gonna go ahead and pass those out to you very quickly in our buckets. And as we get ready to take communion, what we're gonna do is actually celebrate who Jesus is, celebrate his life, celebrate what he laid down for us. Go ahead guys, whenever y'all are ready, it's fine. And we're gonna Remember who Jesus is as we kick off this series. And as we talk about knowing 
God. So as you get it, I just want you to take out the the little cracker, the bread. And so God, since Jesus and as Jesus is on this earth and, and the Bible says that as he was getting ready to go to the cross in the same, the night that he was betrayed, the Bible actually says, he sat down with his disciples and they took communion together. And so I want you to go ahead and take out the bread. And so he took out the bread and he said that uh, this is the bread that's broken for you. And today, if you, if you know Jesus, we want to invite you, obviously, to take communion with us. If you don't know him, if you say, man, I, I, I know about God, but I don't know that I'm close with God today. Here's the beauty behind knowing God is you receive grace through faith. And today, if you felt like you have been far from God, we're going to pray towards the end of service for you. We're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. We just want to help lead you closer to the Lord. But today, you can receive grace. But here's the thing. It doesn't take anything on your part other than faith. Believe that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid for mine and your sins. So today, for those of us that believe it, I want you to take the bread and I just want you to break it. And Jesus says, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. And this is our way of remembering the body that was broken for us. The Bible tries to describe it the best way that it can, that he was beaten, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was placed upon him. And as we get to the blood, his stripes, they even heal us in eternal healing. And so that body was broken, but it wasn't broken for no reason. It was broken for you and for me. So Father, I just want you guys to hold it up, this bread. God, we just, we say thank you. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you that you went to the cross. Thank you that you took the abuse that we deserve. You took it on yourself so that we didn't have to pay it. So we say thank you. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take the bread together. As you open the, open the juice, this is juice, not wine, y'all, calm down. Okay. But as you open the juice, then he took the cup. He says, this is a representation of my blood that was shed for you. And in the Old Testament, whenever there were sins in their life, they would take an innocent lamb, and they would kill it, and they would sacrifice, and that sacrifice would pay for the sins of the people. But when Jesus came into the world, he lived a perfect life, which means he was a spotless lamb. And he went to the cross and died so that he could pay for all of our sins today. And hear me, he has already paid for your sins to give you access to God. And he says, as you would take the cup, as you would drink it, you drink it in remembrance of me. So Father, we just thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. We thank you that you gave your life for your blood that was shed for us. 
And so we just stand here, God, and we celebrate every single thing that Jesus is. We celebrate the freedom. We celebrate the life. We celebrate the death. And we thank you that three days later, you resurrected from the dead. And with that, you brought the power of life, the power of eternity back with you so that our souls who are maybe dead in sin, the Bible says, could be brought to new life and that we could see God in heaven. And so we thank you, God, that you give us a fresh start. You give us a new beginning. We love you today and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's take the juice together. Now I want to invite you to stand to your feet for just a moment. You can just drop this in the cup holder in front of you. As you stand, I want you just to focus on Jesus for a second. God, we love you today. Jesus, we say thank you. You didn't have to give your life, but you did. You didn't have to make the sacrifice, but you did. But because you did, we can come close to you. Because you did, we can draw near. Because you did, we can be saved. And so we say thank you. And we give you our worship. We give you our praise. We give you our thank you. And God, we stand here justified as if we had never sinned because of the grace of Jesus. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. One time, let's put our hands together for Jesus. High five somebody near you. We'll roll the video and we'll get started right after that. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Man, how many of you guys are excited to be here today? Amen? Man, all 17 of us. That was phenomenal. That was great. So how many of you guys are excited to be here? Amen? All right, very good, very good. I know better than to do that. You guys are focused and in the zone. So let's jump right back into where we were, guys, and, and talking about this vision, this plan that God has for us. You see, we showed it to you in Exodus 6, but I want to show it to you in Colossians 1, 28 through 29, right? Paul says this. He says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Everyone say fully mature. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And so Paul's talking to us here, and as he's talking to us, he starts to communicate what it is his goals are. And when we go back to this idea of people knowing God and then being freed, right, and then being redeemed, and then living a life that is praiseworthy, a life that makes them uh, almost fulfilled, right, right? What we want to see is Paul actually walks us through it again right here where he wants to do four things. Proclaim Christ to them so that they could know God, so that they could step into sanctification, right? Then he wants to admonish them. And the idea of admonishing is to lead them closer to the path that they should be on right? So uh, the idea is because we come to Jesus, but when we come to Jesus and we give him our life, then there's a part of us that needs to become more like Jesus, right? They're, they're, we want to cuss people out less often when we're living like Jesus. Come on, somebody. Listen, you can raise your hand for that. Don't worry about it. There ain't no one judging you around you, okay? I tell people all the time, like, I don't know if I can go, man. People are going to be judging me. I'm like, listen, people got their own problems. Ain't nobody worried about you. But we got to start, we start living more like Jesus. And then he says that then we're going to teach them and then we're going to present them fully mature. And what's happening is those four steps is that they would know God, that they would find freedom, that they would discover their purpose, and then that they would make a difference, which is what we're going to look into today. The four steps, the heartbeat of who we are as a church. 
And the beauty, the reason why the cups, going back to the cups, the four steps, the reason that they're all separate is because you can have one even if you haven't completed the other. And the beauty behind knowing God, the beauty behind sanctification, the beauty behind God and your relationship and meeting him being the first cup, being the first step, is because the rest of them can get kind of hard. But what the church has made it feel like is you got to do all the good stuff before you can know God. Am I right? Has the church not done a great job at telling you all the things you're bad at, but not introducing you to the one that can help make you better? Come on, somebody. I had a friend of mine tell me one time, he said, man, I don't know if I can come to church with you, man. I said, why not? He said, man, every church I've been to is full of hypocrites. I'm like, fair statement. I'm like, but the bank is full of hypocrites, but you keep going to cash a check, though. He looked at me and said, I'll be there Sunday. So, but what happens is God wants to take us on the steps. So let's jump straight into what we have for today. The first thing that God wants you to do, the four steps, just brought into terms that we would all know and understand today. Whether this is your first time in church, we hope that this is something that you can understand and grab a hold of. The first thing that God ever wants you to experience is that you would know him. The first step of our church is that people would know God. I know you're writing, but say no, God that you would know God. Luke 15, 7 puts it like this. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. In other words, heaven, God, Jesus, all of the kingdom that God exists in is more interested in those that are far from God coming to God than he is in creating a country club for believers to belong to. God is more concerned with the lost, and so should we be. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, I hope you have experienced today, number one, the love and the joy that Jesus can bring into your life. But there's no judgment here. There's no condemnation here. My only hope isn't to beat you up. It's to introduce you to the God that loves you so much that he would do anything to get you into his kingdom. He's not looking for ways to disqualify you. He's trying to find every way to qualify you. And so heaven rejoices when lost people come to know God, which is the reason why our primary focus as a church, even on Sunday mornings, is to communicate messages that people can know God. That's what we want. Acts 15, 19 says, It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles. And the term Gentiles there would translate into our time, talking about people that don't know God or are far from God. We shouldn't make it difficult for them to turn to God. And I don't know about you guys, but I do feel like the church nation, like international, the church has done a good job at making it very difficult for people to meet God. I do feel that the church overall has been more consumed with what they want than what God wants. Well, at least we had our program, but lost people are still going to hell. And man, can we be more worried about people than we are our program? And I'll tell you here at TC, I am more worried about people than I am my program. We talk about it in staff all the time. I'm like, guys, I am way more, more worried about people than I am policies and procedures. Let's reach lost people. And that even means that for some of you, maybe you know God, but you have friends and family members that don't. 
I can't tell you you can take them into every church and this isn't a competition. What I can tell you is you can bring them in this church and we're not going to judge them. We're not going to hate them. We're not going to look at them odd. We're going to love them and we want to introduce them to a God that can change their life. That's our goal. That's our mission, that they would know God. Then we want them to find freedom. The next step in the journey for all of us, say all of us, because sometimes we get into the habit of a us and them thing. This is all of us. The next thing is we want people to find freedom. You see, because you can know God, but still be in bondage to your past. Can I get a better amen than that? See, some of us didn't get saved out of Sunday school. We got saved out of sin. Hey, yo. Where are my people that still ain't got it just together just right yet? Where y'all at? Okay. All right. Very good. This is the right church. I thought so. How many of us still got some things we're working on? How many of us still got some things God is working on us for? Okay. <laughs> Traffic. Oh, man. Right. Just. Right. Someone cut you off. Every bit of everything just wants to come. Right. But there are evidences in our life that areas of our life that we know probably shouldn't exist the way they do, there are evidences that show us those things are still there. Turn to your neighbor and say, I still got junk. Right? Like, I still got some stuff I'm working on. Look, now look back at him and say, oh, me too. Yeah, see, you got you to live up to that part of it. James 5, 6, and 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Some translations say faults. So you would confess your faults. Confess your faults or your sins. Here's why this matters, though. Because salvation and freedom are two separate experiences. See, the church has made it feel like if you hadn't got freed yet, you hadn't got saved yet. Hear me for a second. If you have put your faith in Jesus, if you believe that when he went to the cross, he died for your sins, then you are saved. You are walking under grace and there is nothing that anyone can do to rob that from you. Jesus' blood has been applied to your spirit, your life, and you belong to God. But then there's that freedom part that if we all honest, we're going to work on for the rest of our life. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all got some stuff that means that we can't try to make that one cup. We can't try to make that one experience. Meet Jesus, yes, but there's going to be some work into this freedom thing. Which James 5.16, the reason it says confess your sins and faults to one another is because God is all you need for salvation, but people is what you need for freedom. You see, you come to God and he frees you from the penalty of your sin, but you still need some people to help you walk through the journey of sinning no more. And this is what happens in people's lives. They wear the, the mask, the I'm fine mask, where you walk up to them and say, man, how are you doing today? And they go, oh, I'm fine. You lying? You were crying in the car on the way here. You kicked the dog on the way out the door. You was angry. Can't believe he said that to me. These kids are acting buck wild, right? So what happens is we're all dealing with stuff, but when we get in front of people, none of us want to acknowledge that it's real. So we just say, I'm fine. But here's the reality is none of us want to stand on this stage and tell everyone in this room what we're going through. Can I get an amen on that? Right? I invite anybody. You can come on. I'm just kidding. Don't come. But 
why, why don't any of us want to tell this whole room our problems? Because it's none of your business, right? Okay. But secondly, if we're honest, it's because we don't trust you. Because life has taught us not to give people information they can harm us with because they will. And so the, we keep our issues bottled up and we don't acknowledge that they're there so that we can continue to live our life and know that as long as I got it behind the mask, nobody's going to judge me, hurt me. But the reality is you can never find or deal with something as long as you keep it in the dark. And what happens is when you go to, and the, what, what we use here at TC, the next step for people that want to experience freedom in their life is we do that through small groups because you'll always find freedom in relationships. And there are people that we want to invite you. There's men's small groups and women's small groups and marriage small groups and all kinds of small groups and different small groups for everything you can think of. And the reason we have those is so that you could sit down at the table with somebody and as soon as you get there on the very first day, tell them all of your problems. I'm just kidding. That's not how that works. You may show up the first day. You may show up the fifth day. You may show up once, you show up once a week. You may show up on the 10th week. And, and, and finally, you, you connect with someone. You feel like, all right, I feel like I can trust this person. And as you start to trust them, as you start to give them details, and you go over different parts of your life, you start to let them in. And with them, you go to them and say, hey, I really need to talk to you. There's this thing that I'm dealing with, my anger, my bitterness, this pornography problem, my alcoholism, my drug addiction, whatever it is that you're holding on to that seems to not want to let go of you. It's not till you shine a light on it and you let somebody else come in the room and say, we can deal with that, that you can actually start to get rid of it in your life. And as long as you try to do it on your own, you'll never get rid of it because you never can take something out of a dark room. But the minute you turn the lights on and let someone into that process, they can help you deal. And as they start to walk you through this process, you can find freedom from the things in your life that you know you don't want in there anymore. And that's God's desire for us. We would know him, but then we would be free. And so we step into this freedom that it's God's idea. And once we step in that freedom, then we can move into the third step, which is where we discover our purpose. Discover purpose. You see, God built inside of you a purpose he wants you to fulfill. Inside of you is a destiny, something great he wants you to accomplish. Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace that's been given to each one of us. So inside of you is a gift that's not inside of me. And here's the deal, is God wants you to use your gift to reach people that are far from him and bring them close to him so that they can start the same journey that you're already on. But how many of you know we don't all have the same gift? The worship team was up here. They did a great job. I'm a musician. I love to play music. And so I can play the drum. I can play most of these instruments up here, uh, drums, piano, guitar, whatever. I can, I can play those things. You want to know what I can't do? Sing. Boy, we could clean this mug out quick if I start singing songs. Notice how I left and came back there and let them sing. That's how we end services here. Everybody get out. Pastor Brad's going to start singing. Just kidding. You didn't have to laugh that much, though. All right, that was hurtful. Um, but, so, and so God gives me the ability to play these instruments, but he spoke very clearly to my heart that if I ever had the ability to sing, that I would never fulfill the purpose that he built for me, which was to preach. 
You see, I love music so much that I would just be a worship leader for the rest of my life if I could. But God knew me well enough to say, no, 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 I'm not going to give you that gift. I'm going to give that to these people over here. But you're going to be called to communicate my word. You're going to be called to preach. You're going to be called to lead people closer to me. You're going to be called to declare the good news of the gospel. That's going to be your calling. And as much as these things over here and what we've done in the church, if we disqualified who we are because we can't do those things instead of seeing who God made us to be because we can do these things. We say, well, I can't sing, so I'm no use to what God wants to do. Oh, but you are. Because those of you that can work, maybe you're phenomenal with kids. Every time a kid gets around you, they just fall in love with you. You can use that to impact the next generation and this coming generation for the kingdom of God so that we don't have to deal with all the nonsense we're dealing with out of teenagers when this generation gets to their age. You can start making an impact in their life now to watch how God raises them up to be kingdom and world changers because of the impact you made. That could be the purpose that God built you for. And God has put something inside of you. What is it? What is it that he wants you to use you for? Well, I may not know that, but what I do know is how you can find out. You see at TC, we have a step for that too. It's called the growth track. And if you want to discover your purpose, you want to find out what God built you for, the growth track can take you on that journey. And after every nine o'clock service, during this service right now, so you could make it today, but starting from now on, if you want to check out, if you want to discover your purpose, you want to discover what God built you for, you want to get plugged into what he has for you, well, then you can come to the nine o'clock service. And during the 1030 service, we hold growth track across the hall where they're going to help you discover your purpose and get plugged into the gifts that God has for you and move you towards what he put inside of you. What did he put inside of you that he wants to use to impact the world around you? And we can plug you in to that. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the people, his people, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see, God wants the fivefold ministry, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the apostles. He wants us to lead the body. You are the body. You guys are the body of Christ. You're, you're the church. He wants us to lead the church so that hear me today, hear me today. We can help rescue the world. The hope of the world is not the church. The hope of the world is the church that's been mobilized on a mission. And today, we have to get mobilized on a mission because when we do, oh, that takes us to our fourth step, which is where we make a difference. Make a difference. John 15, 8 and 11 said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. And when they're talking about fruit there, they're talking about that you would have much evidence in your life showing yourself to be his disciples. I have told you, this is so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, God, he wants his joy to be in you and he wants your joy to be complete. But the only way that your joy can be complete is when you find true fulfillment in what he's called you to do. You see, inactivity is a stalemate position that means you're going nowhere. But God wants you to go somewhere. He wants you to be on mission. And here's what I'm going to ask you. Give us one year here at TC. Give us one year. 52 Sundays. That doesn't mean you're going to be here every single one of them. I'm just talking about give us one year. Let us take you on the journey, the journey of these four steps. 
And if at the end of that year, you're not living fulfilled with more freedom, more purpose, and more passion to live a life for Jesus, if you're not living the absolute greatest life you could possibly be living at the end of that year, then leave. Because then the promise isn't real. Can I tell you a secret? It's not a secret anymore. I haven't had anybody leave yet. Because this life that Jesus has for you is the greatest life you could possibly live. A life where you know where you're going when it's over. But while you're here, you're living free. You're living purposeful. And you're making a difference. Man, that's the life God wants for you. So why do some people not live it? Well, I think this is part of it. We'll give you this before we wrap up. John 14, 15. He says this in the Bible. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And my whole life, I read that scripture wrong. I always read it. If you love me, then you will keep my commandments. But that's not the way it was intended to be read. The way that it's intended to be read is Jesus is saying, listen, if you'll just love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you would fall in love with who I am, I'm not worried about your actions and the details and the specifics. Those things matter, but I'm not worried about cleaning those things up so that you can come to me. Hear me, Jesus isn't looking at getting your actions perfected so that you can be qualified to come to Jesus. He's worried about getting you to come to him so that he can help you clean up any area of your life that may be out of whack. Everything that's in you that's just jacked up and messed up and you're off track with, you don't have to perfect them so you can be qualified. You come to Jesus and he makes everyone qualified and then he helps you in this process. Hear me today. Fall in love with the person that Jesus is, the one that gave his life for you so that you didn't have to spend an eternity without him in hell, but that you could experience the glorious wonder that we call heaven, where we're going to get to see God face to face. But beyond that, there's a life that he wants you to live today. There's a purpose he wants you to fulfill today. There's freedom you can have today. But it's going to take some steps And I'm inviting you on a journey of steps to go towards what God has for you. It's the vision of this church to see people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Why? Because deep down in every single one of our lives is a need to leave a legacy, is a need to be known. Deep down inside of us, the only fulfillment comes when we lived a life of this one word called transcendence, where we know that the world we left behind is better than the one we found. And so today, I'm inviting you to join me and let's live a a life of fulfillment that is found in the four steps of our church where God wants to take you on a journey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have this journey picked out for us. We thank you that you've destined us with purpose and greatness. God, we surrender to you today and we love you. In Jesus' name, with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Pastor Brad, I I, I love all of this, but I got to tell you, when I walked in, I, I walked in far from God. I don't know him. And Maybe I know about him. Maybe you grew up coming to church or maybe this is your first time setting in in a service. But what you know is right now on the inside of your heart, 
you know something's missing. Maybe you try to put on the face in front of people and be the life of the party, but you know that there's a void in your life. And I'm here to tell you that that void is a specific shape built in a way that only God can fill it. And today, if you want to know God, today, if you want him to step into your life, today, if you want him to meet you right where you're at, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you today. And today, if you want God to give you a fresh start and a new beginning, today, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus rescuing you, one, from the eternity without him and give you an eternity in heaven, but also to introduce you to a life of purpose and fulfillment, then I want to pray with you today. So right where you sit, if that's you, you say, that's me, Pastor. I, I need Jesus in my life. And I need a fresh start. I believe that he died on the cross and that he paid for my sins and his death is the payment for my life that I could know him. And today, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Say, that's me, Pastor. I want a fresh start, new beginning. Yes, yes, yes. Hands are going up all over the room. Once you put them up, you can put them down. All right, we're not gonna call you out. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just wanna introduce you to Jesus. Yes, yes. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a new start in God. I'm ready for a new beginning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Maybe you're watching us online right now and you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I need what you're talking about. I need a fresh start. I need God to give me a new beginning in life. I'm ready to know him. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. All right? And this prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that is saying, I'm putting my faith in God today and I'm believing that Jesus died for my sins. So let's pray this prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I follow you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. May we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.